Welcome back, Dodecadorks. We're the 12-sided guys. We have Scott as Orn, and yeah, I got a question, Opal Bleacher. (laughs) (laughs) At your service. Sabrina as Sylvie, that 16-year-old had it coming, Everpine. (laughs) Oh, hello. That 16-year-old did have it coming. (laughs) And the 14-year-old, the little girl, standing there with a knife, too. They all had it coming. (laughs) I, maybe it's a Sabrina thing, not, not a Sylvie thing. All right. <laughs> Jordan as Victor, I swear I don't drink it, Magrimsky. <laughs> You're most welcome. <laughs> oh, dude, that's great. Matt as Gee, one is still a higher body count than all the rest, y'all, of Grants Harbor. <laughs> that is my name. Don't wear it out. And me, as Paul, well, I wasn't expecting that, sexy stud. Thanks for hanging out. <laughs> oh, <geez>. Thanks for <laughs> hanging out. Twin, with- as your twin brother, I accept that new last name as well. <laughs> well, thanks for hanging out with us and listening to our escapades. I'm sure you know someone who would love this podcast, like maybe John Brown or Emily Taylor. What about Cody Smithson or Brock Thunderstrike or Dirk McFluffington and Penelope Sparklestein? <laughs> Quasar Stardust? Maximus Gigglesnort, or maybe even Bartholomew Tinkleberry III. I'm sure one of them... Well, there you go. That's the list of aliases that he had come up with before he settled on Philip Lionstorm. How did you How did you guess those? <laughs> well, I'm sure one of them or someone else you know would like us, so spread the word. Also, don't forget we're ramping up the Patreon bonus content, so if you want to hear behind-the-screen info on the latest episodes, check out patreon.com slash 12sidedguys. Anyway... If Sleeve McDykel was your go-to pinch hitter, then this podcast is for you. It's Chorus of the Forsaken, episode 22. Coming back with Sleeve McDykel. Oh, oh, we need to go visit the stockade. Is there a stockade here that we can go see if Sleeve McDykel is the local town drunk <laughs> like he was in Tabry? That's there right. Probably is. That's right. Yeah, I like how Sleeve McDykel was mentioned as being the town drunk and then like never actually showed up, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think there was a reason for him to. <laughs> There's always reason for a town drunk. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That was me a couple episodes ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very much so. All right, well, welcome back to Via Severia in the city of Redlam. Last time we were together, our heroes, uh, <laughs> what are your guys' names? Wilhelm and Associates, of course. Wilhelm wait, wait, and okay, hey, hold up, hold up. We have not settled on that name yet. We still need to pull our patrons. Yes, oh, we do. So you're yes, saying we we're do. not licensed yet? We're still working <laughs> on getting everything figured out. The application is. official documentation in order. Yeah, our application is all filled out. We just need to submit it to the state. All right, so then we can DBA as, or we can DBA, whatever. Well, last time we were together, our heroes, Ornan, Sylvie, Guy, and Magram, were in the Oaken Throne Inn, and they were trying to decide what to do about this offer made to them by the Ravenstone clan. Offer slash threat. Yes, it was a a heavy-handed offer, yes. And it didn't really matter what they decided. 
We, we'll get to that. Get to that. <laughs> no, we were <laughs> about it. <laughs> well, Ornan informed everybody that Kestrel, the um, the wife, uh, the the leaders of the Ravenstone clan are a husband and wife known as the Crows. There was Calum and Kestrel. And Kestrel came to Ornan in their bedroom uh, and informed him that she did not want uh, the sister of her husband to be rescued. She wanted the sister of her husband to be killed. And so Ornan informed everybody else of Which that Which I feel fact. like we've all been there before, you know? <laughs> yes, that is true. That is, uh, uh, yes, that's true. Using some of their contacts in the city, namely Ryla, uh, the party was able to get Gardenia here to discuss what to do about the Ravenstone clan. Gardenia seemed hesitant as the Ravenstone clan had a lot of power, a lot of um, uh, strength, and uh, they were quite dangerous. And Gardenia, being a kind of an out of, out of the city uh, guard, only recently back in and recently promoted, uh, not wanting to... Um, I don't know, make waves or not feeling that maybe the authority was there. Probably, she's probably in the mob's pocket. I mean, honestly. <laughs> it's day one on the job. I'm, my boss is in the mob's pocket. <laughs> yes, Gardenia was hesitant to go up against the Ravenstone clan for lots of reasons. Um, but uh, after much discussion, uh, the party went to bed and then came to the Ravenstone clan hideout. Where did, to... they, where did they all go to bed at, Paul? <laughs> so Guy slept in a different room. Um, Guy had the first fade to black moment of the campaign. Of the podcast. Of the podcast. So wait, did did uh, did Nari and um, and uh, what's her name? Um, Kira's sister. Kira, did they never have a fade to black moment? I guess they never did. Not they may have during an episode, yeah. I don't think. No. Gotcha. So yeah, that was our first fade to black moment. Wow, that is exciting. Ooh. In the morning, the party ventured back over to the Ravenstone clan to uh, talk with the leaders, the crows, Kestrel and uh, Calum, and let them know what their decision was. I, the DM, do not remember what the decision actually was because what happened next was amazing. Initially, the crows had offered to answer two questions, one for each of them, as a payment for doing this job. And I'm sure Magram had some questions in mind he would have liked to ask. But before any questions <laughs> could be asked, a certain someone named Ornan Opalbleacher asked, Hey, well, what about your wife offering us money to kill your sister? I believe I asked Kestrel why she wanted her sister-in-law killed. Yes. Roles were made to determine how this was going to play out, and Calum saw through Kestrel's lies as she denied um, having offered Ornan money to kill his sister, and a fight ensued. Calum drew his sword and came after Kestrel. Kestrel warned him if he did so, it would be the last thing he did, and it was the last thing he did. Kestrel fought Calum, and almost killed him in one round. Then Ornan stepped in and helped finish the deal. Didn't you finish the deal, Ornan? Yeah, Ornan killed. Yeah, killed him. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Will Arnett. A pick through the <laughs> neck, yep. Yeah. 
After that, all hell broke loose. Kestrel tried to get away, um, attacking at the party as she went. Eldarin, the uh, the elven um, kind of lieutenant of the Ravenstone clan, was frozen in place by Magram. But then when he was freed, he started attacking as well. Kestrel almost made it out of the sewers and to safety before being brought down by a throwing axe from Ornan. And Eldarin was taken down as well, ending this reign of uh, Kestrel and Calum over the Ravenstone clan. And that is where we are right now. We have uh, Ornan and Magram, Guy and Sylvie in the Ravenstone clan hideout. Kestrel is dead up in the sewers above the hideout. Calum is dead down in the tavern. All of the other members of the clan have vacated the premises and also Eldarin is lying dead in the antechamber uh, to the hideout. What are you guys going to do? This is literally loot the right bodies. after the- Loot the bodies. <laughs> loot the bodies. Loot, loot the, the bodies. bodies. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> loot those bodies. <laughs> gonna loot those bodies. And go to find how much their bodies are worth <laughs> to the government. Well, that's true. There's wanted posters. Magram, I don't know if you ever told us about the wanted posters that you saw for them, but they were like decorating the wall like a, a mark of pride in their throne room. Oh, I guess, yes, that's true. Well, and real quick, having been satiated of its bloodlust, the Hinky Punk disappears. Thanks for the help, bud. See you later, Hinky Punk. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Adios, my friend. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Hey, Magrim, can we never see that guy ever again? <laughs> he has been kind of helpful, though. I don't understand. He's adorable. <laughs> I, I'm just baffled every time I see a soul. I, I I can't describe it in words, but that's exactly what a soul should look like. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. But I just I'm concerned about like their eternal situation after that. If there's souls in the digestive tract of the hinky punk, do they ever get to like go stand judgment before their gods? Or <laughs> that seems like not our business. Do any of us get to stand judgment <laughs> yeah. in front of our gods? Who knows. Maybe we're all going into a hinky punk. Well, I hope to not be eaten by a hinky punk. Perhaps the hinky punk is God. Oh, God. <laughs> That's terrifying. I've been looking for a deity to worship. Tell me about this hinky punk. <laughs> do you have a moment to discuss Brother, our do you Lord have a moment savior? to speak? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So we have we have three dead bodies here in the Ravenstone uh, clan hideout. Uh, Kestrel is up above. Are you going to leave her up in the sewers or are you going to bring her, drag her down into the uh, into the uh, the hideout as well? Let's drag her down while we're searching the bodies and figuring out what we're going to do. Yeah, perfect. Well, okay, so um, looks like uh, what I see on my map is that Ornan and Sylvie ventured into the tavern area of the hideout and are checking out the body of Calum. Uh, so, Ornan and Sylvie, as you are looking at this body of Calum, you see he's dressed in nice clothing, um, like uh, actually expensive, well-made clothing, uh, something that you would expect to see in court. And that just goes, uh, I think, fits the persona he was trying to present as kind of the king of the underworld, um, leader of uh, of the Ravenstone clan. What you find on Calum is uh, you find uh, you find a little sack with some money in it. It's not that much considering, uh, but you find a sack with five platinum pieces in it. Um, so it is a lot of money, but it's not, uh, you know, it's not like the treasures that you would expect necessarily um, of a, uh, a mob boss. Um, 
What you also find on Kalem is you find um, a key. It looks like an iron uh, key, just a simple key. Um, you also find um, a, a signet ring on his finger. And the signet ring has uh, depicted in relief uh, uh, two what looks like crows or ravens or birds of some kind, and they are standing back to back. Um, and then um, you find on him as well, around his neck, you find um, a necklace. And on that necklace, there is another signet ring. And as you look at that, you see that this one depicts just one raven um, standing there. And then the last thing you find on Calum is you find this other key tucked away uh, kind of in a, in a pouch inside of his... In his prison pocket? <laughs> Not quite his oh, prison God, pocket. No. Not qu- Sylvie, get your hand out of there. <laughs> wow, that's a thorough search. You got a chick. I'm the bloodhound. <laughs> oh my gosh. You find this key. This key is brass and it has like chasing of copper and it has some shinier bits on it. But um, it looks like a normal key, but the bit, the part, you know how you have a shank and then you have a little collar and you have the bit. The bit is the part that goes into the lock and has the teeth on it. The bit is actually carved into the shape of a boot. And that is what you find on Caleb. So it's a bit, it's a bit boot on the shank. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Lot of there's a lot of like harsh words <laughs> teeth, boot, shank, yep. shank, prison pocket. <laughs> prison pocket. Do the do the does the jewelry like do they look like they came from the same set? Like, do they fit together in any way? Like, I don't know. Why don't you make an investigation check? I think I will. Uh, while you're doing that, it's one platinum. Oops, hold on, where's my notepad? One platinum, two gold, five silver for everyone. And I got a 16 investigation. Okay. As you were looking at these rings, it's not that difficult to tell that the, the ring around his neck with the one raven uh, looks older. It's got more tarnish on it. It looks just more, uh, more dinged up. The one on his, on his finger looks newer. Okay. What is um, Ornan, or sorry, what is Magram and Guy doing? Uh, I think we'd uh, probably be looting the bodies of these other individuals, right? Yeah. Of Kestrel and. The Darin. <laughs> the Darin. Yes. El Darin. All right. Let's see here. Yeah. Okay. So what you find um, first on El Darin. On El Darin, you see that El Darin is wearing... He's wearing armor. Uh, it is a, uh, a breastplate. Um, and you see that he has got a, a rapier. The rapier has what looks like a coating of, of some kind of oil on it. Uh, and... Um, uh, you also find on him, you find a sack with 10 gold in it, and you find a little vial with some green fluid in it. Mm. On Kestrel, you find uh, that um, Kestrel is dressed nicely as well, uh, wearing um, also expensive clothing, something that you might see, not necessarily at court, but you know, very nice. Uh, maybe in the meeting that you had with the Baron, maybe something that somebody in that meeting would have been wearing. You see there's something different about her boots. They are um, they're leather boots. They're, they're very finely made, and they have like little actual metal golden filigree along the heel. Um, and uh, then you see that her, uh, her sword in her hand uh, looks very well made as well. Other than that, that's kind of all she's got. Oh, no, wait, you do see on her ring finger, she also has a signet ring that has uh, the two ravens standing back to back. No money on Kestrel. 
Okay, well-made boots, well-made sword, a signet ring. What else was it on Kestrel? That's it. That's it. Okay. The other guy had the vial of green goo. Poison. Suspicious. Vial of green glue, rapier, a breastplate, tin gold. Oh, yeah, I guess. So Kestrel Kestrel is actually technically wearing uh, some studded leather armor um, underneath her clothing. And then Calum has, um, he also is wearing studded leather armor underneath his clothing. So they were both kind of uh, wearing some protective gear um, under their nice clothes. Well, now that the bodies are naked, we should figure out what to do with them. That's disgusting. I say we take them back to Gardenia. I didn't oh, mean that. To, yeah, that's yes. something like that. Yes. <laughs> Maybe try to collect collect the reward, but also give Gardenia all the credit so that the Thieves Guild doesn't come after us. I think that's a great idea. That seems convenient. Do you think, hey, hey, Sylvie, do you think Gardenia would be willing to accept the credit? I I think that she would probably accept the credit for that. Uh, it, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, perfect. Yes, I think that makes sense. Well, I could probably carry two of these naked bodies if someone else can take the other. Or we could leave them here and just, like, go get Gardenia and bring her here. Mm. I think that might be a good idea because then she could have in like information on this hideout, which would also prove beneficial to. Uh, there are fancy carpets there in the in the in the throne room. We could wrap the bodies in the fancy carpets and stick them in in Ornan's backpack. There you go. <laughs> so we don't get blood on everything else. That's a great that, idea. That's fantastic. And then we might be able to sell some fancy carpets for some money too. We'd have to treat him with some of that urine first. <laughs> I've got lots of urine. <laughs> have you guys seen that guy on YouTube who cleans carpets and is like using so much water and cleaning yes. like... It's ridiculous. It's a thing on TikTok. It's a thing yeah, on TikTok. It's fun. I like watching those videos. We should just hire that guy to get the blood out and then we could sell him. <laughs> All right. Well, as you guys are, are standing around talking, uh, you're kind of uh, in the entryway and in the uh, the tavern uh, area of this hideout. You see that there are still like plates and, and cups and uh, lots and lots of booze uh, on the shelves here in this tavern. Uh, you can see that there's like some foods tucked away on a little shelf. Uh, for you know, for cooking up some some stew or whatever they're going to have here, um, and there is other areas of this hideout that um, that you guys uh, have not explored yet. I think we should do a once over really quickly before anybody comes back, and see if we can find where those keys go, like the one with the boot bit. Well, there was that room back in that. Uh... And I have a feeling these rings do something. Yeah, what, those you said you saw those rings, um, Margram. These ones have like ravens on them does this mean anything to you yes they would be kind of attributed to um to their affiliation with a krahanest group yeah magam you would know that probably the the uh the double raven rings are probably for ravenstone clan specifically whereas the ring around calum's neck that would have been something that um a crow of krahanest would have would have potentially had Got it. I'd, I'd convey that then to the group. If I recall correctly, Paul, and I'm, I'll move my token over there, but in their like, makeshift throne room, wasn't there a door mm-hmm. south? Yes, there was. I'm, Ornan's going to head over there and check the keys that he got. That door. Okay. Ornan, you have got two keys. Is anyone following Ornan? Sylvie will. You know, I think Mogram actually. I feel like we should. Let's get the bodies wrapped up first and put them in your bag, and then we can go check this place out. All right. 
Why don't you go grab some of those carpets and then we'll do that. Perfect. That's a great idea. Hey. Yeah, as you uh, move into the throne room, you can see these expensive carpets that you start pulling up and you're going to now wrap dead bodies in. You know, wrapping up bodies in carpets, that sounds like something that the mob would do, but you guys just took out the mob. Are you guys the new mob moving in town? I think so. We <laughs> might be. You know what else we could do? We could take these bodies and stuff them full of rocks and drop them in the in the water. That also sounds like something the mob would do. Yeah, but they're worth something. I need a ring. I need a ring so people can kiss uh, it. I've seen this play before. Aren't we supposed to put on their clothes and then we turn into the Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Jeez. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think you might still be feeling the effects of your recent disease. Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> yes, that is definitely possible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Well, very good. Okay. Um, so you grab these rugs. The, the, healing, the healing power of urine is only so strong. <laughs> yes, and there were a lot of psychedelic mushrooms in that concoction. <laughs> I can taste purple. <laughs> you guys, uh, you managed to get these bodies wrapped up in these, uh, in these rugs. And they're in my backpack now. And you're, you're shoving them into your backpack. Your backpack just gets bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. You can see the outline of three bodies, like, clearly <laughs> on the sides no, of the backpack. The rugs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. oh, I guess the rugs, too. No, but it's pulled so tight that you can definitely see the shapes. Oh. All right. Okay, so you guys reconvene back in the throne room now without all of the rugs on the floor. Um, it looks much danker and just kind of more dreary without the uh, without the decorations, without the rich, uh, rich uh, uh, finery that was decorating this room before. Um, there is a door to the south that is locked, and then there are... Guy's going to grab the wanted posters off the wall. Perfect. Yeah. You see, there's other wanted posters up here as well, like um, like Tommy Two Thumbs and, and you know, <laughs> other random folk, you know, um, but the two as opposed to everybody else in their group that doesn't have two thumbs. <laughs> Tommy two I like that Tommy One Thumb is just Tommy, like and then Tommy Two Thumbs is, is the nickname. It's like on, it's like on Bob's Burgers. They have Big Rudy and regular sized Rudy. <laughs> Yes, exactly, exactly. No, this is Tommy Two Thumbs. Anyway, so there's other wanted posters out. You see, you see a wanted poster for Eldarin as well. Tommy Two Thumbs, the guy who wrote and performed eight six seven five three zero nine. Yes. Oh gosh. Now there's a reward out. It looks like for Eldarin as well. Um, so you grab all of those posters, or at least you grab Eldarins and then the other two uh, for Caleb and Kestrel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ornan, you are down by this door that leads into the southern, um, the southern door that leads into this uh, other chamber, um, and you have two keys. Which key are you going to try? Um, I'll try the one with the boot first. The uh, you take the key out and you stick it in the lock, and as you turn it, I need you to roll a d twenty. Nice, nice. Is it a save or just a d twenty? Nope, just roll a d twenty. Fifteen. You hear this as the lock explodes and the door flings open. Oh no, it was a magic item. Probably one t- one use that would like open any lock. It's like the knock spell in a key. Oh man. <laughs> Ornan, Ornan. Nice. Ornan, you still have the key in your hand. Oh. <gasps> so uh, real quick, you have the key to the city. <laughs> Holy no. Do not give that Guys, over. I'm not sure what happened with this key. It's fitting that we have it now as heroes of the realm. 
So here's what I'll tell you. Uh, as far as the key to the city, um, what you know about it, uh, that, this is just basic information, um, that it is a key that will open any mundane lock. You do have to roll a 20-sided die before you can see if it works. That's all I will tell you. You felt as you were as you were turning the key, you felt some kind of power in it, like coursing into your hand, um, and, then it, and then it just blew up the lock. That is so rad. <laughs> Guys, I think this door was trapped. The the lock exploded. (laughs) But I think we're okay. I'm not hurt. Your eyebrows are just a little singed. We probably don't need that key anymore since the lock mechanism is broken and that key we should probably only fits one lock. Let's check it out later. I'll keep it in my pocket for now. As you uh, venture into this room, you see that there is a large, like 25 foot by 25 foot chamber that it looks like there are some chests off to the side and there are some dividers, like room dividers. As you go past the room dividers, you see that there is this large bed. There are these more expensive rugs. You see that there's a dresser and a wardrobe and a mirror on the wall. You have entered into Kestrel and Calum's uh, bedchamber, as well as what looks like <laughs> potentially... Uh, uh, some of their um, some of their treasure ho- holdings. So instead of loot that body, we can loot that bedwar. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, as soon as I saw there were chests on the map, I just ran to one of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Mogram also. Yeah, we'll start looting. The chest is locked. Try that key again. Give him the boot. <laughs> I mean, I can put the key in. I'm not sure what's going to happen. It exploded the last door. Why don't you try the other key, the one from his prison pocket? <laughs> oh, is, is this the prison pocket key? You just said that Sylvie was digging real deep in there and found a key. I assumed it was the other one. <laughs> Let oh me smell him. <laughs> well, they both smell a little rank. We're in the sewer. Oh. Uh, You have the normal iron key or you have the key to the city. So which one are you going to use for these treasure chests? I'll try the normal key with the ravens first. Okay, you're just going to try the the normal key. And the normal key does work on this chest as well as the next one and the next one and the next one. There are one, two, three, four, five. There are five chests in this room. So I want somebody to roll five D100s. Whoa. Damn. Hey, uh, uh, we oh, can geez. each roll one. Let's go. A D100. I'm rolling one right now. Wah, wah. <laughs> I rolled a five. <laughs> oh, jeez. I rolled an 11. <laughs> you guys ready for what Sylvie rolled? Sylvie rolled a 100. Oh, nice. hell yeah. So that's either really good or really bad. I'm, I'm hoping that means 100 platinum. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, Ma- <laughs> what did you roll? Mogram rolled a 46. Okay, and then we need one more roll. <laughs> Sylvie! Uh, let's go. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's do that. Let's, yeah, we don't want my luck. Well, now it's, now it's too much pressure. Oh, man, twinsies with Mogram, 46. Uh, oh, another 46. Wow, nice. Right. Wow, very cool. Okay, so let's do some quick math. 44 plus 46 is... Ninety. Okay, two hundred and forty-one gold you find amongst between these five wow. chests. Nice. So roughly sixty for each, and Sylvie can have sixty-one. Aw, nice. <laughs> there you go. You see, there's other things in here too, like clothing sized for a halfling, and then also clothing, uh, like more like uh, masculine clothing for um, for a human sized person. Other than that, it's just kind of your. It's a very nicely appointed bedroom that's built beneath the sewers. 
Well, Sylvie would definitely steal some of the clothes that fit her because she's about a halfling size. So then you have you have now two changes of fancy clothes as well. So so you have a total of three changes of fancy clothes. One that one that Gee bought you, and then two now from Kestrel. Do I look like I'm about Callum's size or Calum's yeah. size? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll grab some fancy clothes. Okay, nice. is Mogram going to take some too? No, Mogram is. I mean, he's wearing his black leather Ulster coat. What else could he possibly need in life except a yellow leather Ulster coat? <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, Fantastic. Then, Guy, then you get two, um, two sets of, of fine clothing as well. Margram's going to go deeper into the room and like inspect the bed area and the dressers and other things that are on this other end of the room. Um, yeah. Uh, go ahead and make an investigation check. Uh, Margram got a dirty 20. As you are uh, digging around kind of in these uh, little like end tables, uh, like a like bedside uh, cupboard thing. Going through their their personal adult toys in their bedside table. <laughs> oh, <God>. That's disgusting. <laughs> he puts it in his pocket. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. In his prison pocket. Um. (laughs) Are those boudoir photos of Caleb? Everybody look away for just a moment. There's actually, he finds a magic wand in there. (laughs) A Tachi magic wand. Oh, jeez. Oh, my gosh. It goes Um, vroom, vroom. (laughs) As you are digging around in this cupboard, you find you're just kind of you're feeling around in there, uh, pulling out like, um, I don't know, some just random bits of clothing, like some uh, some neckerchiefs and and that kind of thing. And you uh, you feel the bottom of the drawer just shift a little bit under your fingers and you realize that the bottom of the drawer is actually a false bottom. And as you pop it open, you find another little sack, uh, like a little um, a little coin purse. And when you open it up, you find 10 platinum pieces in there. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. We should, we should take down more mobs. Here, here's the deal. You guys, though, would also recognize this is probably not all of their holdings. This is probably just what Caleb and Kestrel had on hand. Yeah. There is, a, there is one more door here that we haven't checked out. I also would like to just kind of check out the room for any, uh, like, false doors or, I don't know, tap all the bricks or something. <laughs> well, hey, go make an investigation check. <laughs> go ahead and make an investigation check as you're, as you're bonking on the walls. I'm going to look for skipping stones. <laughs> <laughs> or like the back of the wardrobe, you know, something like that. Right. Okay, yeah. Go ahead and make an investigation check, Sylvie. Uh, that's a 23. Okay. With your 23, you are confident that everything that can be found in this room has been found. Cool. Are you done touching every stone on the wall? <laughs> I, I think so, but keep your head on a swivel. I still think there might be a secret passage someplace in here. <laughs> Probably not this room, but in the, in the general vicinity. Well, you did hear them say that they do have access to the castle dungeons somewhere. There's one more door we can try out in the other room. All right, let's head over that way. All right. You guys make your way back through the throne room and then into that room that has the long trestle tables. Uh, As you recall, on the eastern wall of that, on the eastern side of that room, there is a channel of this sewage that runs from one end of the room to the next. You can see there's a pipe on the north side. Were you trying to say something, Matt? 
I was just going to say, you said sewage. I miss you saying it's water filled with pee-pee and poo-poo. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, you can see that there is a pipe on the north end of the room that um, lets in this pee-pee, poo-poo water. Um, and then it, there's another pipe on the south end that drains out the pee-pee and poo-poo. Um, and then, um, but there is a, there's a plank that goes across it and it leads to this door um, that also looks like it is locked. Real quick, on all of the other maps, you added like a latrine and like a, a room for characters to relieve themselves. Um, is that trough right there the bathroom of this map? Haven't you ever been to a fancy bar where they just have a trough urinal? <laughs> also, yeah, yes. why yeah. is the trough... The ice is all melted. Why is the trough directly next to the food table? <laughs> so... <laughs> It's ten feet away. It's ten feet away. Rooms you could put the table. (laughs) (laughs) Are you are you making fun of my map making skills? No, we're just saying. No, we're just saying that the Ravenstone clan is totally unsanitary. I mean, they they're living in the sewers. Oh yeah, they've they've got all sorts of diseases. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, anyway, so there is a door <laughs> on the other side of this plank um, that crosses this stream of pee-pee and poo-poo, um, and it looks like it is locked. Grab a sandwich across the bridge. <laughs> well, should, I, should I try the key again? Well, try the uh, yeah, try the one that worked on the, on the chests first, because I, I think the other one, I, I think the DM is trying to tell us the other one is magical and could potentially break. <laughs> All right, well, let's try that one then. I'll, I'll use that normal key. As you turn the key, the door comes unlocked. I'm getting really suspicious about how easy it is to unlock these with one key. There seems to be some uh, weapons in here. Ooh. Yeah, as you walk into this last room that you have not explored, you find that um, there is a, this is a large room that has the center, the center of the room is filled with this like cistern of pee pee poo poo water. Um, as you look down th- <laughs> as you look down through the water, though, you can see that there is a drain of some kind in the bottom of this cistern. Um, and so the room, you can kind of walk around the room. There's a walkway that goes around the room. On the north side, you see that there are some tables with like swords and daggers, uh, axes, helmets, that kind of thing. You see another couple of chests, and as you pop those open, they're not locked. You see little bits of armor or shields. Um, Uh, that kind of thing. And then around the room, you see that there are five doors, um, two on the western wall, or sorry, there there are five doors, two on the eastern wall, and then three on the southern wall. Ornan's going to try and open these chests with that key as well. Oh, the chests are already open. Sorry. The chests are open. They had like bits of armor and stuff in there, just random more um, knickknacks, daggers, uh, arrows, bolts, like a crossbow, that kind of thing. Do any of the weapons and stuff seem of decent quality? I mean, you know, there's one way to find out. You can whip out yeah, your rod. Yeah, can Magrum, do you have any spell slots available to whip out your rod? Because if not, I can always do a, um, my my peer into the weaves spell, but it'll take a while. Ten oh, minutes. I've got the... I can, I can use the rod. It has several charges still. Oh, it's a magic item? Yeah. Oh, it's just a magic rod. It was the one thing that I started. My starting item was the detect magic wand. I also found a magic wand in the uh, those drawers next to the bedroom over there. Yeah, he can use it a couple of times before he needs to take a rest. Yeah. A couple of times before you need to take a rest? Wow, Mogram. It's not it's not detect magic, it's create magic. Oh, <laughs> That's good. That's good. Oh man. It sure is. Okay. 
Um, you gonna are you gonna use your toning rod to kind of look around this room? Yeah, yeah. Malgram will reach into kind of the inner left um, breast pocket of his uh, ulster cloak and pull out the toning rod and and activate it to see if it starts to detect anything or emit its kind of humming sound. Um, as you are listening for that uh, that humming sound and you kind of look around the room, you notice that none of these weapons or bits of armor are magical. However, whoever has the boots that Kestrel had on, those are magical, as well as the short sword she had in her hand. Sweet. Um, as you guys are talking, uh, what's your passive perception, Gi? This room is kind of dark, but um, I think that uh, Magrum also has a torch lit. Um but, uh, Guy, what's your passive perception? 14. 14. As you are walking uh, kind of around this room and looking at things, uh, a little symbol catches your eye. There is something carved into the wall um, on the south uh, south wall. I told you there's three doors along the south wall, and the one that's furthest to the east, you see a little mark uh, scratched into the wall. The mark is... A potato. Is it Thieves Can't? It's and then it's a potato. It is, it is thieves can't. It is not a potato. Um, well, then I it, have no it, idea what this says. You see, it actually looks like a kind of a, a very simple drawing of a key with wings on it, and you would know um, just understanding this this uh, um, this world, the the underworld, uh, the the life of crime, that the winged key. Uh, marks like a secret entrance or um, sort of a, it can mean multiple things, a secret entrance or a place that requires a secret key or a secret catchphrase. Um, but it is next to the um, the furthest east door on the south wall. Okay, all right. I'll explain that to everybody. This may have been a w- either a way, maybe a way to get out quickly of this hideout or it could lead to the, the path that they would have taken us into the castle. Those are my thoughts. But I think we'll need something special to get in there. Perhaps the boot bit key. Sorry, the key to the city. <laughs> Unless it's a magic lock. Magrum, is this lock magical? Hmm. Oh, we can check and see. Oh, I'll bring the... Put your rod in the, uh, the lock. As you, uh, as you actually look um, at the... Um, at the door, you see that it is not actually um, a locked door. Oh, then I'm going to... Open it. As you open the door, you see that there is a small room um, on the other side. It's about 15 feet by 10 feet. Um, It is rough, dirty stone. There is hay in uh, a couple of the corners. It looks like this might have been used as some sort of a cell. Um, And that is all you see here. Interesting. Sylvie's going to start tapping stones. Right, yeah. the, The symbol on the wall by the door would make me think that there's something more to this room. I'll start moving the hay around while Sylvie's knocking on stones. Okay, perfect. Uh, why don't you guys make investigation check? One of you make it with advantage. Sylvie, please make it with advantage. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure you have a higher uh, intelligence than I do. So I got a 26 with advantage. Oh, yes. Awesome. As you are um, digging around in the hay and moving things around, Sylvie, you're knocking on on uh, the bricks. You feel one brick as you as you tap it. It's not. I mean, I mean, these are these are actual bricks. These are solid stone. But something about the sound of it 
catches your ear, Sylvie, it sounds slightly hollow behind it. And as you clear away the hay out from in front of this section of wall, you can see that there are marks in the floor where it looks like a secret door opens into the room. And you find on this southern wall, there is a door kind of in the middle of this southern wall of this small chamber. Um, As you are walking around in here and bonking on walls and moving around hay and talking and chatting, suddenly from the door on the uh, the south side of the room, uh, of this room with the cistern in the middle of it, there is a door that is on the south wall furthest to the west. You suddenly hear some pounding. Hey, let me out. Hey. Uh, who, who is it? <laughs> it's me, Bello. Bello Thurp. Bello Thurp? <laughs> Bello Thurp. I've never heard of you. My name's Ornan. Let me out. What are you doing locked down yeah, here? Are you a, a, a member of the, the crow's nest? The raven stones? The raven stones, thank you. Yes, I'm Ravenstone. Yes, let me out. I'm Ravenstone. You, okay. You're Ravenstone? Yes, I thought I you am said Ravenstone. your name was Bellin. I am Balo Thurp. Oh, I'm Balo. Ravenstone. Just a second, we're going to check all these other doors first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, the, how long have you been in there? Long time. Let me out. Why were you put in there? I'm Ravenstone. I'm 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 one of you. Well, we're not Ravenstone, bud. So that's if that you're just saying that. <laughs> we're, there is a there is a split doing some There's work a, down here. <laughs> Sylvie, when you say we're not Ravenstone, there is this split second pause, and then I'm not Ravenstone. That's kind of what <laughs> I got. <laughs> Why were you put in this cell? Misunderstanding. I don't like that he's only responding with single word answers or like poor grammar. It makes me think maybe it's something mimicking human speech. Uh, more pounding on the door. If, if What are you going to do if we let you out? I, I'm going to get out of here. Well, that, that seems reasonable. I'm going to open it. Wait, wait. Okay. Uh, uh. Did, it, and you guys can I, stop me. I know. Hey, let's 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 finish checking all the doors first, just to make sure there's no surprises before we let him out. Yeah, he doesn't okay. seem like the most honest type, so I'm not sure we really want to trust him. We'll talk to you in just a second. We just need to make sure that the rest of this place is safe first. You hear it, guys? You hear the voice say, "Oh, all right." <laughs> all right. Um, as you guys were, yeah, yeah, exactly. As you guys were in that room that had the secret passage, the secret door. You, as you as you clear things away, you can you see that there is a little tiny um, handle on the very bottom of the door. It looks like you can get your fingers under there, and you can probably pull that section of wall open. And as you kind of are playing around with it, it does not seem like the secret door is actually locked. It's just very well hidden. Let's open it. Sylvie, do you want to do the honor since you found it? Yeah, Sylvie will bust that baby open. As you open the door, you see directly in front of you are stairs going down deeper into the earth. I think this may be the path into the, uh, what's it called? The Umbral Pike Keep. You guys, crazy pitch. What if we go <laughs> save the sister-in-law and see what she knows? Wait, do the job, even though the employer isn't there to pay us anymore? I think her information, it might be val- worthwhile. Clearly, she's uh, she's wanted, but I don't know. I'm just saying. I bet she's cool. The information she had on the two dead people in my backpack. 
You don't think she knows where the rest of their platinum's stored? You don't think she's got any information? I, I think I'm more concerned with finding Jib Jab. Honestly, I'm pretty concerned with that we're here too long. They left everything here, so I think the rest of the gang will be back. Yeah, we should probably get out of here and free that, that poor fellow on the way out. I'm going to quickly check other rooms before we free that dude. As you explore other rooms, you can see that these other rooms are not locked. Um, they are full of like hay and buckets. It looks like these are also cells. These do not look like necessarily like really bad prison cells. Maybe this is like where um, they might have somebody like sleep off uh, uh, like a, if they get in like a drunken brawl or something. This is like the drunk tank potentially. But it looks like they, these doors are sturdy enough that they could hold somebody here um, uh, indefinitely. Does that make sense? Yeah. Guy's going to start taking the weapons that belong to the Thieves Guild and start just dropping them in the, in the poop and pee water. <laughs> in the pee-pee poo-poo water? Okay. Yeah. Very good. All right, yeah, you toss a bunch of swords, some arrows, and uh, a couple of axes and some maces. Um, splash, splash, splash. Um, you, as you are throwing <laughs> stuff into the water, you hear more pounding on the door. It's like, hey, let me out. If you try anything funny, I'll, I'll sure have to bonk you. And Ornan will unlock the door. Okay. Uh, which key are you using? The normal key. The normal key? The normal key does work. You have the master key to the Ravenstone uh, clan. Um, okay. The door is unlocked. As you open it, you see on the other side, you see um, a uh, somebody that you probably weren't expecting to see. Oh my gosh, she's cute. You see this <laughs> lizard folk man. He has green scales. He's got kind of kind of tufts uh, of like horn uh, coming up off the back of his head. Um, he is wearing uh, like a, a, a jerkin with like the laces opened up. He's got like some tight breeches on no shoes um and he is staying there he's relatively tall um like probably about as tall as gi um but you know, uh, you know but he's got like this hunch to the way that he walks does that make sense so like if he were to stand up straight he'd be as tall as gi but he kind of hunches over sort of a little animalistic um he's like oh you freed Thurp. yep and he he comes in <laughs> and he gives you a big hug and lifts you oh. off the ground well, that's that's mighty kind of you. Um, let's get out of here. <laughs> He's like, yes, let's go. And then he he steps right around you, Arnon. He steps over me. <laughs> Bailothar, what was this misunderstanding that got you locked up? Uh, they thought I was not Ravenstone Clan, but I was Ravenstone Clan, but I'm not Ravenstone Clan. You instantly get the impression this guy is not smart. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can travel with us for a minute if you need. Let, let's head on out of here. We've got rooms at an inn. He's like, I I know the way. And he kind of starts walking around the room uh, and passing each of you. And as he walks past each of you, he kind of nods to each of you and says, uh, thank you. I'm not Ravenstone Clan. And then he moves past Guy. Thank you. I'm not <laughs> Ravenstone Clan. <laughs> and then he starts moving out of the hideout just past you, just on his own. He's kind of adorable. I think I fell in love. I think he's got the right idea. 
Uh, he just he just keeps moving on out. You can see that as he's walking like through the chamber that has like the long trestle tables, he is looking left and right. Um, and then he goes into the tavern. And he starts looking around in there as he's moving. He does not stop, but he is definitely like scanning the area very very thoroughly. And then he starts heading out into the antechamber, not even looking back. Don't mind at the blood. <laughs> <laughs> he he does make note of the blood. And then um, he starts heading up the stairs back into the sewers. Um, as he gets almost to the top of the stairs, he looks back at you as you are following him out of the, the hideout. Uh, and he just kind of waves and says, thank you for rescuing Belothurp. I owe you. And then he steps out of the chamber and is up in the sewers. Gee, guys, we did our good deed for the day. <laughs> and we ridded the city of mobsters. Dang, we really are heroes of the realm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go get paid for these these uh, corpses. Um, how much money did those bounties say they're worth? Yeah, I'll pull out the I'll pull out the wanted posters and take a look at all three of them. Uh, so there is no dollar amount on um, Calum or Kestrel, um, but for uh, that makes sense since there's not dollars in this world. <laughs> there is, there is good one. Gosh, there is a fifty gold bounty for Eldarin. You see that his uh, specifically says Lieutenant of Ravenstone Clan. So you get the impression Eldarin was not just a run-of-the-mill player in the Ravenstone Clan. He was uh, he was relatively high up there as well. Okay. All right, let's go find Gardenia somewhere in the High Ward, the const- constabulary there. All right. You guys uh, leave. I'm going to take make you guys take you guys. Uh, I'm going to move you from this map back to the Redlam City map, if I can find it. There it is. Sylvie, do you by any chance know the spell prestidigitation? I smell awful. Unfortunately, I can't help you with that. I do have some all-natural deodorant. (laughs) It's crystals. (laughs) It's good vibes. If we go back to the inn, you can prestidigi-wash yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Let's, honestly, let's, let's take care of these bodies first. Okay. You uh, you head back up and out uh, of the sewer area as well, and back out onto the docks out here on the on the eastern side of the docks in the lakeside uh, quarter of the city. Um, you start to head down towards Highward to look for the constabulary where uh, Gardenia works. Is that what's going on? I mean, that's what Guy would be doing. Yeah, if everybody's along, going along for the ride. Yeah, yeah, I think so. As you're walking south through Lakeside towards High Ward, um, just as you get to the kind of the main street that separates the two different districts of the city, uh, Guy Prancifal has been dispelled. No, I uh, stop, everyone. I'm going to go. I'm going to grab my book. I'm going to flip to the page uh, that I've been writing to Dilar in, and I will uh, quickly write out. Dilar, where are you? Are you safe? I understand Prancival's no longer with you. What happened? Um, As you write that out, you get a response relatively quickly, written out in a childlike hand, um, and it says... Poo poo pee pee. (laughs) (laughs) No, it says, They say I can't take Prancival. I'm not supposed to have a dog. But I get to ride on a ship. You get the impression from the writing... Uh, I, you know, because I mean, you technically can hear it in your head. Um, sad, but also kind of excited. I'm going to write back quickly and say, are you the docks here in Redlam? I leave today on a boat. I don't know where, but Eliona says I'll be safe. And then I'll write back again and I'll say, you are so brave. 
Thank you so much for taking care of Prancival. You got this, buddy. Sylvie says hi. Hi, Sylvie. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> I'm gonna yes. cry. I'll share. I'll share everything that just happened with, 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 with the whole conversation. Does anybody want to say anything to 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 Dilar right now before we like today? Well, we should probably check in on him regularly, but I think we're okay. At least I'm okay. I, I'm more concerned about how we're gonna uh, how we're gonna be able to check in on him. Do we have? Will we be able to contact? What was the the woman's name? The the cat woman. Aliona. Aliona. Will we be able to easily find Aliona in the city? Well, yeah, she works at the tailor shop where I got our awesome clothes, but... But she's not leaving with him, is she? No, she's sending him away, but that's fine. I can still talk with him. Oh, that's right. It wasn't Prancible. Never mind. I took... Yeah, no, it's, just, it's, it's because he signed a contract in my book. You know, Sylvie, if you wanted to make a contract with me, we could write it out in this book, and then I could write to you anytime you want. Or I want. Oh my gosh, a pen pal. <laughs> it just costs a tiny little bit of your soul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not using that much anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Oh, man. All right. Well, to the constabulary then. Um, as you guys are walking towards High Ward now, you can see that there are people milling about just doing their normal every day. You start walking down Silverhand Lane, which is kind of this uh, very posh, very um, uh, ritzy street here where you can buy a lot of the expensive uh, expensive things of the city. Um, you see that there are like uh, some people uh, shouting out their wares. You hear like a town crier, uh, town criers shouting out right now. Baron Thorn Darkheart to leave for Myrloff this afternoon, and that kind of thing. Um, just uh, as you move your way through High Ward, you uh, eventually you see, um, after asking questions and some directions, you can find the constabulary. The constabulary is a large stone building with one half is actually like a small tower, only like three stories tall, uh, sort of a squat round tower. Um, and then the other half is sort of this Tudor style building. Uh, you can see that there are um, a couple of like the town guards standing out in front chatting. You can see there are people coming in and out. Uh, you can see that there is like a normal citizens of the city will go into the constabulary as well to make reports like um, file reports, police reports, that kind of thing, uh, or to seek aid. Uh, and so you guys going into the constabulary would not be out of the ordinary. Except for our smell. You guys do have a, a distinct odor. Um, iron of blood and poop and pee-pee. <laughs> you guys are going to get tired of me saying poo-poo and pee-pee. Never. <laughs> yeah. You just try it. All right. Are you guys going to go into the constabulary then? Yeah, I yes. want to go into the constabulary. Yep. So here's the deal. Sabrina, you get to play as uh, as Gardenia again. Um, so I will hand that off to you in just a second. All right. As you walk into the constabulary, it's one of those buildings where um, the door is set up a little bit off of the ground. It's about a three step up into the building. And when you step up into the building and open the door, you see that this room, it's, it's a large room that you step into. There are benches along the walls. There is a desk with, um, uh, it looks like a soldier, like a, a city guard, but they're not wearing armor. They just have the, the tabard um, that they're wearing and they're sitting at a desk taking notes uh, for somebody who is uh, who is telling them, I don't know, something about like their neighbor came and uh, and and stole their cat Store or their something potatoes. like that. And their potatoes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> their potatoes. I recognize yeah. that. It's these can't. <laughs> um, as you guys walk in, though, you can see uh, through like a back door, you see that there are some 
some of these city guards who are um, gearing up for their shift. And you do happen to catch the eye of Gardenia, who is uh, in the process of belting on her sword. Gardenia, yoo-hoo. Yeah, Gardenia would kind of rush over there and kind of, you know, shove him into a corner and say, what, what, what are you guys doing here? This is, this is my job. I just need to borrow some money, okay? It'll be out of your hair. <laughs> We're here to collect on a bounty or two or three. Special delivery. I've got packages for you. Three of them. <laughs> Is there a room we can talk in private? Uh, yeah, yes, yes. And uh, unload bodies. I mean, <laughs> Gardenia would flag down like her boss and and sort of just say. Uh, these uh, these fine citizens, I, th- I think they have something to report. Um, we should we should take them into the conference room and see what we can well see what they have to offer. Uh, he kind of looks uh, looks up the the four of you um, up and down and says, "Well, all right, if Gardenia vouches for you." And then he, he motions the over. <laughs> he motions over to um, to uh, to a side room. Yeah, I'll head right in. Yeah, Gardenia takes you into the side room. Morning, we'll start unloading rugs. <laughs> as as you're unloading rugs and kind of we're shoveling in, Gardenia's kind of going to talk to, I don't know, whoever's hanging out, kind of, so you're going to slip in and say, you didn't, you didn't go into the, to the uh, Ravenstone's nest, did you? That That's not, is that what this is? Well, this one's Callum, Calum. <laughs> that one's Kestrel, and this one's uh, Eldarin. As he the puts out. Darren. <laughs> As he puts out the different uh, the different uh, rugs wrapped around people, I'll just take out the wanted posters and put them on top of each one, like I'm labeling them. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, so here's the deal: Gardenia would know that she cannot hand out. Uh, any kind of reward this is going to have to go through especially something this big this is going to have to go through um through the uh the the captain uh here at the uh at the uh the constabulary and you would also know Gardenia would also know that there's a, a real very real possibility with payouts this size that the payout would not even be able to happen right now it would have to be run through the baron or at least the offices uh in the castle. Um, but you can definitely take the bodies. Ooh, maybe we get to talk with Sephora again. Can we get a huge check? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Fill your backpack with just a giant check. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. All right. So, um, uh, I guess Gardenia, you would know that you would need to go get your, uh, your boss and he would actually then just come right in as well. Be- be- before you get your boss though, um, we're glad to take the reward, but if the constabulary wants to take credit for bringing them down, that's fine. We can tell you where their base is as well. And I think we found the passage that would lead potentially into uh, the Umbral Pike Keep. That's incredible. I'm I'm so sorry for doubting you guys. I never, never should have thought you couldn't do it. I'm genuinely flabbergasted. We didn't go into the castle, though. We just, like... Ornan picked a fight and we won. I mean, I don't, I don't care if you went to the castle. I didn't pick a fight. I asked a question. I was curious. <laughs> Whatever you did, that it's it's amazing. Um, no, I, I'll 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 have to grab the captain, and I'm I, I don't think we can pay you out now, but it, th- this is huge, especially with the leaders down. We actually, I mean, we might actually stand a chance of taking down the Ravenstones. That that's incredible. Thank you, thank you guys so much. 
Oh, you'll need this key too. And Ornan will hand uh, Gardenia so- the normal key. The normal, the normal key. key. <laughs> the one <laughs> that their, smells especially like poo-poo. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one from the prison pocket. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. So you guys hand over the, uh, the master key for the Ravenstone clan. And I'll explain to Gardenia kind of where in the docks district their, their hideout is. Cool. Yeah. And Gardenia will go grab her boss and get whatever. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the bureaucracy is between, behind this uh, reward system, but... Get the paperwork started. Please tell me the captain's name is is Lou Albano. It is not Captain Lou Albano. But his beard is held together with like multicolored rubber bands. Um, nice. Yes. Okay. So um, this is going to take you guys. Uh, uh, wait. So you're giving the credit to Gardenia, but the captain's going to know. We'll take the money. But I'm just saying to protect us, you know, honest citizens from from retribution will let the constabulary take credit publicly but we'll take the money okay okay so then the captain does come in and then um the captain is gonna um have you guys kind of explain to him what happened and um why uh you have three um, leaders of the crime family uh here dead in his conference room he's not mad about it but he is suspicious I will, if everybody's okay with this, I'm going to try to spread a little bit of falsehood. I love, I love falsehood. I don't want to implicate the sister-in-law necessarily. And I don't want to implicate me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, obviously I thought that part would be fudged. <laughs> <laughs> Start from the beginning. What happened? Well, we'd made a name for ourselves. He's actually already visited with the Baron um, for uh, bringing in uh, the taxes collected from Berograd. And apparently that caught the attention of the Ravenstone clan. They monitored us. They, they, they had their eye on us. They even knew where we were staying. And they kind of sent word for us and, and, and threatened violence uh, were we not to accompany them and do a job for them. And and what was the manner of the job? They wanted us. They, apparently, they had a um, they had a secret way into the castle to either free or execute a prisoner there who was a member of the Ravenstone clan. He's taking notes as you're talking. He's he is he is still suspicious of you. Um, I mean, for all he knows, I mean, this is this doesn't take a high insight to to figure out. For all he knows, you could be members of a rival. Um, gang a rival uh crime family uh and you're you're not only are you wiping out your competition but you're also trying to get funding from the city for doing it um that is a very real possibility and i'll just and i'll say and, and honestly we actually came in with gardenia from uh from Berograd just a couple of days ago as well so we're new in the city um so it's not like it's true i wouldn't i wouldn't I wouldn't take them for crime lords, but I also wouldn't have expected them to be able to take down crime lords. So maybe I'm not the best judge of character. Well, one of the, one of the members, the uh, the Kestrel, the 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 wife, uh, the bride. Um, Bird she act- he kind of throws yes. up in his mouth a little bit. I know that's what that's what Caleb called her, and it made me like physically ill. Um, but she actually came to us later, and. Uh, and Ornan, right? She she said, well, what did she say? Well, she gave me this platinum here and uh, told me to kill her. Kill, kill the lady in the, the prison cell. 
Right. And so Ornan, when we came back to to turn them down, um, to try to find another way to not have to do this job, Ornan very wisely turned them against each other by letting Calum know that Kestrel wanted his sister killed secretly. Oh, there was no planning there. I just was really curious why she wanted her dead. So they turned on each other. And while they were fighting, we took that opportunity to take them all down, including the lieutenant, Eldarin. Oh, he goes, that's Spanish for the Darin. <laughs> so I've been told. <laughs> we're getting so much mileage from he that. He was the head Darin, oh, I think. Oh, my gosh. All right. Um, so you made just a few little um, fibs. So I'm going to have you make a deception check. You had some help, so you can do it with advantage. And the difficulty is going to be relatively low. We'll say a difficulty of 12. Well, that's a nat 20 for a 27. Okay. Oh, yeah. Maybe He's like, embellish oh, a little bit then. <laughs> you also convince him that you're his long lost brother. He gives you all of his money. You should have lied a lot more. I have a brother. <laughs> Do you remember that old Little Caesars commercial, Paul? <laughs> yes. Uh, I found a dollar. It was, it was like, like all the good stuff. I have a Sparky, brother. Sparky, oh. you came back. <laughs> yes. I reconsidered. I will, I marry, will you. marry you. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to share. the Guys, we'll share that in the Discord. Don't worry. You'll get to see that commercial <laughs> oh if it's gosh. available on YouTube. All right. Um, yeah. Um, so he seems, he, he, he writes down, he finishes writing down your story and he says, okay, so um, your story sounds plausible. I, I will, of course, need to do some investigating of my own. Um, and Gardenia, I will, uh, of course, uh, request your assistance in, um, in investigating the Ravenstone clan hideout. Where can we contact you with information about your reward? I'm fairly certain, I mean, that's the reward for Caleb and Kestrel, the, uh, the leaders of the Ravenstone clan is substantial. Um, so that will, there's a very real possibility that you'll have to go speak with uh, the mistress of coin uh, for that, uh, for that prize. But um, I don't see any reason why she wouldn't pay. Where can we uh, find you when, uh, when that is available? We're staying at the, uh, the Oaken, the Oaken throne. Okay, and he writes down Oak and Throne. Okay, well, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much for service to the city. Now, I will say this, please. Do not take it upon yourselves to do this again. Oh, heavens no. We wanted nothing to do with it in the first place. I don't think we could do it again. I think we already killed them. Well, we do not condone <laughs> vigilantism here. That's not true. They totally do. <laughs> I know what's the deal with the wanted posters yeah. then. This was, this was self-defense. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, come get us. We, we're trained for this sort of thing. Under my breath, I'll say, we tried. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Gardenia will blush really deeply. <laughs> oh, gosh. Awesome. Okay. Well, very cool. Then you guys are, um, you're allowed to leave the constabulary. You guys were in there for probably about two hours. So it's right about noon or so. Um, and you guys have uh, the day. As you guys are heading out of the constabulary, um, you can see that there is some commotion going on further to the west, uh, more towards the center of the city. Um, people are, they're not rushing like, oh, there's going to be a burning, there's going to be a hanging, but they are moving to go and uh, kind of watch something. Some kind of a procession uh, is, is going on. You can hear 
um, like the sound of horses, like the, the, the clatter of lots of hooves on stone. You can hear, uh, like the, the blare of trumpets. Uh, you can hear people calling out, make way, make way. And that's, that's from a distance. You guys are a couple blocks away. So you can hear, this is actually relatively loud. It seems the Baron's on his way. Yeah. Maybe we should go see him off. He's leaving on a boat today. Oh, gee. I wonder if, no, they wouldn't put Dilar with him. They could be on the same boat. I'm going to kind of head toward the uh, commotion. Yeah, as you guys uh, move, well, as Guy does, I'm guessing everybody else moves as well, you can see that there is this uh, this train of attendants and of soldiers as they are moving through the city, heading north towards the docks. And um, there is a line of these castle guards. Remember, you can tell the difference between the city and the castle guards just because uh, they're a little bit better equipped. They look a little bit meaner. Um, they've got more spikes on their armor, that kind of thing. Uh, tall plumes on their helmets. There are flags waving uh, with the green and white banner um, of uh, the uh, of the uh, Darkheart family. Um, as uh, uh, you watch this parade move past, after these this line of like soldiers and knights, you see that there is a tall white horse, and sitting astride this tall white horse, you see Baron Thorn Darkheart as he rides down towards. Um, down towards the docks. Such uh, a flanky. metal name. Such a good name, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, as he's riding down towards the docks, you see that uh, flanking him on one side, you see uh, Cedric, the Dwarven General. Cedric Ironheart. Uh, you see him riding. Um, it is a pony, but it's only a pony in size. This thing is... Wait, no, dwarves don't ride ponies. That's for... That's for dwarves can ride ponies. In. Like a okay. beefy, like a beefy pony, though. A beefy yeah. pony. You see this, like it's yeah. You see Cedric, um, Cedric Ironheart is riding this, like it's a war pony. So it's Tina's, uh, it's Tina's uh, Jericho. It's <laughs> Jericho. Jer- it's Jericho, but like Chody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you see that it's got like bar, it's got barding on it. Um, it's so uh, it's it's small. It's not like pony, like uh, pony ride size, but it's smaller. It's a smaller horse. Uh, and then on the other side, you can see that riding this elegant, tall. Um, I don't know. I know stallions and roan and and. Uh, gelding. Yeah, those um, are all words. Yes. Yes, those are all words to describe different types of horses. But anyway, this it's a, like a lean, tall, thin horse that kind of it almost it almost dances as it as it walks. Uh, you can see that uh, sitting astride that horse, you see Eleonora, the steward, is riding on the other side of um, of the Baron, and um, you see back following behind them more soldiers as well as a couple wagons that have uh, piled high with like crates and um, and like uh, chests and. Boxes. Boxes. You can even see some of the things that they are hauling in these wagons are the treasures that you have uh, helped get from Baragrad here to Redlam uh, for the Baron to take to pay his taxes to the king in Myrloff. As you are um, watching this procession go, you see that there are, you know, just random servants and people walking along. You see there's people riding in the wagons. Uh, you can see that there are like uh, maybe like a couple of cooks. There is uh, some pages and some stewards. And without having to make a perception check, I think because Guy mentioned it, you see that wearing the livery of the Baron, you see a young elf boy who has wide eyes. He is looking around him like, uh, he can't believe what's happening. You see Dilar. 
dressed as a page of Baron Thorn Darkheart. Now, he is not the only page. There are yeah. probably 10 or 11 of them that are all heading down uh, to accompany their liege lord. Um, but he is sitting in a wagon surrounded by other boys and girls about his age um, to to uh, to serve the Baron on this trip. I, I thought he was going to be kept safe. That's That's the opposite of safe. What happens if he loses control like he did on the road? I know. What the hell, Paul? Yeah, what the, what <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> As you guys are racking your brains trying to figure out like what what's going on, um, you remember that the person who used to be, to run this was Jellowin. Jellowin, who was burned at the stake right as you guys came into Redlam, a former associate of... Um, of Sylvie um, and Eliona uh, said that she could pick up the slack and get Dilar out of the city and keep him safe. And uh, as you're thinking about it, you're like, and she did a job of that. <laughs> well, here's the deal though. This is something else you recognize is that Dilar being surrounded by soldiers and um, armored men, warriors who can protect him um, that looking at this, some people might consider this a very safe place for him to be. That's true. Not when he has magical powers. Well, okay, hold up, though. Hold up. <laughs> somebody, somebody goes, what? Magical powers? What? <laughs> <laughs> the Baron <laughs> the Baron didn't seem too married to Aeonian philosophies on, on stuff. He was more uh, a follower of Torm. There may be somebody in the Baron's circle that can Keep an eye on Dilar. Keep an eye out for him. Maybe, but it still seems sus. Or maybe the plan is he's going to go out with the Baron, and once there, he's going to disappear. One other thing you guys would know is the Baron is heading to Myrloth. That's not where we want Dilar to go. You guys know that Myrloth has a... Um, a reputation. Meyerloff is a city unto itself. So the king of Viasavaria lives in Meyerloff. It is a it is this walled city. I imagine that Guy, um, you sailing up and down this river, you have passed by Meyerloff many, many times. The walls are high and thick. The um, the port is really like um, a long or not a long, uh, uh, just kind of this large wharf um that butts right up against the city walls the uh the city of Myrloff is built uh on this lake called stillwater lake um and uh it uh, uh so Myrloff though has this it's a dark reputation of being um mysterious is the only way to put it um Guy, if you ever did stop at the at the wharf of Myrloff in any of your travels you never went into the city uh to get into the city of Myrloff it is a large city but you have to have like papers and um and a reason to be going into the city um and i, I would assume that Guy, you being on the wharf and seeing um seeing the interaction of people going in and out of the city um people get turned away a lot. Um, there are, I don't want to say dark rumors of Myrloff, but they're just, um, there's just, it's just an unknown entity. It's not a great place for a little boy with magical skills to be. You also know that the Baron does not want to go to Myrloff. You got that distinct impression as well. Right. Well, perhaps we look for the silent voice and figure out what they did with our sweet little Dilar. I don't know if 
Jellowin was the one handling the um Behaftmas, uh, and with her no longer there, this uh, Eliona was going to do her best to use the same contacts and go through the same channels. I don't know that she said she was going to contact the silent voice, though. As you rack your brain back, you, re- you recognize that she did not say she would contact the silent voice. She merely warned you that there is a group called the silent voice. Right. So she just sent dealer off into the lion's den? She sent Dilar off surrounded by the, the, the greatest force here that could be mustered in Redlam. And, and we'll check on him. We'll check on him. At this point, I don't know we can pull him out. Well, I'm sure Paul wouldn't kill him off screen. Oh, maybe in a vignette. <laughs> that would be truly a dastardly deed. One of the worst, <laughs> most despicable actions that any human could engage in. Oh, man. I'm just sipping <sighs> my Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Sabrina's killed multiple kids already this game. <laughs> <laughs> but not ones that we like, not, and only not, ones yeah, that just, deserved just, it. <laughs> I was just going to say, not, when, not kids that you actually liked. Oh, my gosh. I loved Lloyda. All right. As this party moves down towards the docks, um, are you guys going to follow? It looks like people are kind of following this procession as well um, as they head down towards the docks. I think we should follow. I, I guess it can't hurt. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We did talk about going back to those druids eventually. Yes, we do need to do this. They said they needed a couple days, right? Yeah, you guys you guys were involved with the druids yesterday and um uh, Arnold said to give them a couple give them a couple of days to to gather the the druids back together and to get things situated. Gee, it feels like 4 weeks ago. <laughs> All right, let me see here. Oh, there we go. All right, you guys are going to follow um, the, this procession down towards the docks. As you guys follow uh, down towards the docks, you see this procession moving down onto the docks. You can see um, that at one point, uh, everyone who is mounted dismounts, and you can see there are a couple of uh, a couple of boats. Some of them are docked here, like actually um, at the pier. You see, there's another couple of large ones that are out in the lake, and there's some rowboats that are going to ferry people across. It looks like the um, the Baron's uh, flagship, if you will. Um, I described it last time. It's a, it's a relatively small ship compared to like ocean-going vessels. Um, it's a uh, is it called a Karak? A Karak? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't know ships. I'm not exactly sure. It's one of those words that I've read many many times, but I'm not exactly sure how to say it. Anyway, it's got like a. I believe it's pronounced Turok. And he says... fights dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay. Anyway, so there is this. Uh, there's the ship. You can see sailors are uh, milling about and uh, getting rigging tied up. And you see that uh, as the wagons stop, people start um, unloading uh, these boxes and things. Some of them are moving on to of the Baron, um, while others are being loaded onto some of these waiting uh, like rowboats and uh, and smaller craft to be taken out into some of these other other boats that are waiting out in the lake. You can see that. Um, as the Baron dismounts and heads out onto the dock leading to his ship, um, you can see that the pages, including Dilar, follow and are now aboard uh, his ship. Have you guys moved further into the map? Yeah, Sylvie definitely would have kind of walked up the wharf a little bit. Just staying with the crowd, though. There's a crowd, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a there's a massive crowd. There's there's a big crowd. Um, you see people like waving, and uh, you know, and this is a big event. Even, I mean, entertainment was kind of 
rough in the Middle Ages. So, woohoo, someone's getting on a ship. Let's go wave Bon Voyage, you know? Uh, I guess that's what people do, you know what I mean? I feel like um, anyway. magic would spice it up a little bit, though, in yeah, general. That's true. Uh, <laughs> well, as you guys are kind of watching this whole thing play out, um, Magram, with your passive perception, um, you're glancing around at the crowd and you see um, something that catches your eye. You see um, that uh, along the dock, there is this little uh, plinth. It's about uh, maybe like three or four feet off the ground. You see there's like some kids hanging off this plinth as they're kind of watching the ship, but there is a statue on top of the plinth um, and it looks to be a statue of a woman um, and it is gazing south uh, into the city. Interesting. Is, does the woman look like uh, the Queen Saskia? You are uh, you're a little bit far away, and there's a lot of kids around. But it looks like uh, potentially it looks like you know. And this is you see statues, you know, uh, quite a bit here in the in the city. You see them decorating um, houses. You see them, you know, at uh, at crossroads, that kind of thing. Uh, but this one catches your eye because it does seem familiar. It does seem to be uh, a statue of uh, of a young woman, and she's looking out over the city with her back turned to the lake. So that's also unique. Yes. Yeah, Dude, I was going to yeah. say, oh. <gasps> is it possible she's looking towards the direction of the other statue? Um, as you kind of do the mental uh, mental math, it looks like, no, she is not. She is gazing south. The statue of Old Lady Saskia is, um, it is south, but the statue of Old Lady Sal- uh, Saskia would be south and then um, also to the east. Okay. Oh, man, we need to follow the, where these statues are pointing. Yeah, I think so. Bye, Dila. We're going to go on a scavenger hunt. This feels very uh, yeah, Legend of Zelda-y in the Underdark. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, quests don't progress while we're running through dungeons, do they? <laughs> <laughs> Time is passing. Time is always passing. Um, all right. So, yeah. So you, look, I mean, looking here at the at the, the attendance, first off, mm-hmm. I got to say, I love the ship captain's hats. <laughs> Aren't they great? <laughs> <laughs> they look like they look like airline pilots. They're um, amazing. I love it. Um, but I see that not only are the dwarf, um, the uh, Eleanor, Eleanora, and uh, what was the dwarf's name again? Uh, Cedric. Cedric are there. You mentioned them, but I also see that the other attendants, including um, Sephora, are there. Yes, Sephora is there, um, and then also um, so is um, the Priest of Torm, Thaddeus. It looks like potentially Sephora was already here. She did not come with the procession, so she may have been here already, um, like preparing things, getting things ready to go. Um, and then uh, uh, Thaddeus, the uh, Thaddeus Lightbringer, the High Priest of Torm, the, what do they call them again? I, I have their name written down of what they actually call themselves. Give me a second, I need to look this up so that I don't get like, well, actually... He's a Tormtar. He is, that's what they call him, the followers of Torm. Um, yeah, T-O-R-M-T-A-R. I didn't, that's from the Forgotten Realms wiki. Um, so yes, a Tormtar. Nice. Um, anyway, uh, you see he is here as well. And it looks like he has some t- attendants around him um, as he is uh, uh, sort of g- giving a blessing uh, to uh, to the ships as they prepare to set sail. Um Gee, but with it, doesn't your- look, it doesn't look like Sephora and and he are going to go on the ship. They're going to stay around. I just want Sephora to stay around because she's the mistress of coin and she's probably going to be willing to pay us. Yeah. Right. Well, it looks like Cedric 
Looks like Cedric Ironheart, the Dwarven general, is getting on the ship as well uh, with the Baron, but looks like everybody else is sticking around. Eleonora, the Chancellor, is staying. Sephora, the um, the Mistress of Coin, is staying. And Thaddeus, the um, High Priest of Torm, the Tormtar of Torm, is uh, he is sticking around as well. Tormtar of Torm, half man, half Torm. There was you of comedy bang bang. I'm a half man, half centaur. It's what you're a quarter horse. <laughs> the, the body of a man, the arms of a man, the right leg of a man, the left leg of a horse. <laughs> All right. Um, as uh, as the Baron gets up on the ship, you see that uh, some people will leave, and so the dock is kind of clearing up. But there are some people who are just waiting around to wave as the ships leave. Uh, you can see that the people, the, the kids and stuff who are like hanging on this statue, uh, they start to disperse. Um, and so, um, uh, the, the dock is a little bit less crowded now. Um, you see that, uh, Sephora is staying there, uh, still managing, uh, all the goods and the equipment. Um, uh, Thaddeus, the priest of Torm leaves. Eleonora talks with Sephora, Sephora for a while as you guys are talking uh, and as you're watching. And then she leaves with some of the guards to go back towards the castle, uh, so it looks like the procession is over. Uh, what do you guys want to do? I want to look at the statue. Yeah, let's go investigate that statue of the queen. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to wait to write to Dilar until later so he doesn't, nobody catches him whispering him, whispering to himself, you know, right now on the ship while there's all this activity. Um, as you guys move over to start investigating this statue, um, everybody except for Magram, Magram's hanging out by a by a maple tree. Um, well, I can I can move my myself over there. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, you guys move over towards the statue. You start investigating the statue. This statue uh, it depicts a a young woman. Um, and the thing that caught your eye, Magram, is that that she has that same uh, flow uh, to her as that statue uh, depicting Saskia as a young woman. Uh, in the roadside ruins, uh, what seems like so long ago, where it looks like she is just about to get up and start dancing. Um, and uh, as you start looking at the statue, you see that this statue does have a plaque uh, on it. And the plaque just says, uh, looking towards the future. Oh, so something tells me that Perhaps if we were to go in the direction in which she is looking, we might find another statue of her at a more advanced age. I wonder if they're all looking, uh, if if, if uh, we follow the lines where they might intersect, where one statue is looking and the other's looking, maybe there's another crypt. Not, not well, yeah, they, um, the older statue, there were three statues in the roadside ruins. This is the young statue. We saw an older statue, but we didn't need. There's one in the middle potentially, if it matches the same pattern. Well, should we try and go in that direction? Let's do it. We could probably ask somebody. Is there um, a, a call again? We need some like college students to guide us around the city and tell us about their <laughs> statues. Um, but there's got to be uh, some college kids or something that we can ask about the statues and and see if there's another woman in the city. If Sephora weren't busy right now, I'd I'd probably go try to woo her and see if she knew anything about this. Aren't you seeing Ryla? <laughs> I see lots of people. Look, I see you right now, Sylvie. See, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvie gives you a very side eye. What? <sighs> Ryla and I have not said anything about commitment or exclusivity. 
well, that's not very romantic. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't a Hallmark movie. This is a PG-13 podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, As you guys uh, follow the gaze of this this statue. Did you uh, say as as you gaze? gaze? Follow this gaze. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I feel so called out. I am am surprisingly sleepy right now. As you guys follow the gaze of this statue um, south across the city, you see that it actually um, it gazes right past uh, Cinder's Square. You see that in the path of your vision, the Prolian Archive rises high up. You see the castle, Umbral Pike Keep, uh, up on its hill also is uh, in your line of sight. But you know that the statue of Old Saskia is further south than the castle. So... What you are looking for, uh, if you're going to try to connect the gaze of the two statues, would be um, on the other side of the castle. So you would not be able to see that part of the city from where you stand right now. But south of Umbrapike Keep, nowhere near the Temple of, a- of Aona? No. In fact, the Temple of Aona is like just two blocks away from where you are at right now. All right. Let's do it. Let's trek it. Yeah, let's go check it out. Um, as you guys start heading south, you um, you do pass by the, the Temple of Aona. Um, I didn't describe it last time you guys were close by, but um, it's a, a large stone building. You can see there are uh, these uh, large, like probably 15-foot windows that line the front half of the building in the front as well as on the sides. Um, it is tall. You can see that behind the windows, you can see that there are these flames that are lit. They're flickering um, uh, from inside the building. You can see them uh, uh, through the windows. There's like this motif tile mosaic in front of the Temple of Aona that depicts flames because uh, you know that Aona is considered the, uh, the eternal flame or the cleansing flame. Um, lots of different names for her. Uh, but you... Skirt past the Temple of Aona as well as its uh, manicured gardens and grounds and then go past the Perlian Archive again uh, and make your way around Umbral Pike Keep. Um, As you are following the roads, you pass right through that same intersection uh, where the statue of the older Saskia is. So now you have seen the statue of young Saskia and old Saskia. You imagine you must be looking for... uh, the middle-aged Saskia. <laughs> it's like the three bears, the Goldilocks Saskia. Yeah. So yeah, the exactly. Saskia with the, the so there was this young Saskia with the bracelet. Yes. Old Saskia with the um, shield, and yep. middle Saskia with the scepter. Yes. Exactly. Okay. All right. Um, as you go around that corner and start making your way um, west to try to line up with what you imagine must be the view of uh, of the younger Saskia statue with the older Saskia statue, you actually end up walking past the block where the Oaken Throne is. You are not far from where you guys have been this whole time. And um, I'm going to have you guys make just intelligence checks. Each one of you make an intelligence check. So Margram got a 12. Ornan got an 11. Sylvie rolled a 17. And Guy rolled a 13. You guys are fairly certain you're in the right vicinity. Sylvie, you have dialed it in, and you know exactly where the two... They call me the Bloodhound. 
<laughs> yeah, they do. Um, they meaning you. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, Wilhelm and Associates is okay, but the Bloodhound Gang would be a great name. <laughs> um, you follow the eyeline of both statues, and you find exactly within probably 30 feet of where their eyeline meets. You are standing um, on sort of a main thoroughfare, and there are houses lining one side of the road and businesses lining the other side. Uh, you imagine that the eyes, their, their sight crosses along the north side of the road, and you zero in on a place between two buildings uh, where there is an alleyway. You do not see any statue of Saskia here, though. Sylvie's like that woman in the gif uh, with all the, the math symbols looking kind of confused. It should be here, guys. It should be here. I'll look around on the ground to see if there's any like signs of like the cobblestones where there had been a plinth or something. Okay. Yeah, I think I'd kind of go and do the same. Maybe help Gee investigate a little bit. No, I'd help you investigate. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're better at it than I am. Uh, 23. Nice. You guys are looking around in this alleyway. Um, you can see that there's like, um, you know, typical alleyway stuff, some broken boxes. There's some old clothes that have been thrown out. You even find some chamber pot leftovers that have been uh, tossed out of an upper story window. Not high quality brass ones. No, no, these are no, these are not. <laughs> these are not. Um, and Magram, you spot something. Um, there's like a drain in the uh, you see drains all over this city. Uh, you imagine that. Um, just kind of the way the city is built next to the lake and with rivers coming in and all the water moving under the city, that there has got to be a way to get to get the water out in case of flooding, that kind of thing. And you see these storm drains all over the city. You see a storm drain uh, that is in the center of this alleyway, kind of covered with uh, some debris. And as you kind of kick your foot aside, Magram, you see that there is uh, something scratched into the bricks there uh, by your feet. And Guy, as you're helping him, you recognize uh, these scratchings are actually not just like um, uh, wear and tear on these old cobbles. You see it is more of these uh, markings, more of these uh, um, uh, thieves can't markings. Mm. And what you see is you see three lines uh, and you would know just where they're positioned next to the storm drain that they are uh, horizontal lines. And those three horizontal lines mean that there is an access point into the city's underground network here. And underneath that, you see this shepherd's crook, but you recognize it is actually a question mark. And next to the question mark, you see that there is an inverted dagger. The question mark is fairly obvious once you realize that it's not just a, you know, a crook or a cane, um, means unknown. And the inverted dagger, the dagger pointing down, means danger or potential trap. So in looking at these symbols here by this drain, you recognize, one, there's a passage down here. Two, whoever's explored it does not know where it goes. Three, it's dangerous. And that's where we're going to stop for tonight. And that's where we're going to start tonight after everybody goes to bed so we can go explore this cool passage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> All right. Awesome. Okay. Very cool.
Well, all right, guys. Well, thank you for playing tonight. You guys explored Redlam. You, yeah, we um, did. You now have a chance to get Pranciful back. And yeah, we do. Dilar is on his way to the most mysterious place in the entire country. Yeah, the city is. of <laughs> <laughs> the city of the city of Mirlof. Um, all right, guys. Well, hey, don't forget as you're listening, we are doing uh, more Patreon content. So if you want to listen to some of what we have to say about um, this episode and future episodes, go become a patron uh, at the five dollar tier or higher, and you can hear our our specials, uh, the um, potato sack thing. What's it called? <laughs> What's it called? Your neighbor's potatoes. <laughs> you can go listen to your your neighbor's potatoes and new uh, outtakes. Scott's put together called "Not for Your Ear Holes." Yeah, <laughs> and also you know, and honestly, if you're even if you're just a two dollar uh, two dollar month patron, um, there also the character sheets are being made available as well. Sorry, it's been a little bit, but they're going to be uh, launched if they're not already launched now. Uh, so you can check out our level five character sheets as well as the B side, which is the uh, Gardenia and them. By the time this comes out, I think all the character sheets should be out. Sweet. Oh, very cool. All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for listening. And until we get together next time, we hope you have a great time. <laughs>